Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It is episode 131, and today we are going behind the story, and I am your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And for our Behind the Story episodes, we like to talk to creative professionals across industries to unpack their journey. And today we're going to hear the story behind comic creator and illustrator Sammy Ward. Sammy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. We'll be uh, interested to hear from a uh, fellow comic creator. So we're going to get into it. Actually, that's a lie. We're going to get into it after I do some uh, updates and stuff because that's how our podcast works. And that's what it says in the show notes. So for people listening, uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to Story X Story wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, you can always send us your feedback and questions to feedback at myimagine.com. Uh, you can throw them at us on social media as well. We are at MyMatter on Twitter, at TV on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tazzy on all the above. Also, get ready for our new Studio 77 membership, which is coming in spring, uh, and it allows you to get access to our video content from all the live streams that we do, uh, digital comic uh, illustration, graphic content as well, and early access to tickets for all our Mayamada events and some other stuff that we've got in mind. So we're revamping things, and uh, there's going to be some updates uh, fairly soon. But for now, you can join our Discord for free today and be part of the My Matter universe. Meet others in the community as well. Uh, we'll have more on the membership in the coming weeks and months, so stay tuned for that. So before we get to those questions I was talking about, let's find out what's been happening in the My Matter universe. So we have some manga updates. We have the new Kickstarter, Tazzy Origins Storyline. It is coming in the spring for real this time. Uh, you can get all the titles from the world's first manga network online today, from Samurai Chef to the latest Serious Through the Fog. All ages stories set within our shared universe. We launched the Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign in 2022 to promote diversity and inclusion in the video games industry. The response was amazing, but the need remains. So we've decided to make the campaign a yearly initiative. We'll be building on the work done last year and continuing the push for diversity in games, culture and industry. This means a new schedule of events and a new photo shoot. We're taking a new snapshot of 40 players and makers to showcase the representation that does exist today and inspire future generations of diverse talent. You can head to the campaign website or check the show notes to see how you can be part of the 2023 campaign. Stay tuned for news on the campaign launch and events across the year. Casual Conversations with Comet Creators is back. You can catch the VOD of the latest episode where Nigel speaks with Japanese manga creator Chai. Watch the next episode on Twitch, March 6th, for a brand new comic conversation. We also have Games Night for Thursday the 23rd of February with Studio 77 members live on Twitch. You can also check out past Games Night highlights on our YouTube channel. And we are making some changes to Mayamada and we'll be sharing more in spring. Now, let's go behind the story with today's guest.
We're talking with Sammy Ward, who is a UK-based freelance illustrator and independent comics creator who decided to make comics in 2018. Why would you do such a thing? We're going to find out. And it was listed as Broken Frontiers 6 to Watch for 2022. Uh, much of her work is seeped in fantasy, folklore, and mythology, exploring characters and relationships. So, Sammy, you're, you're new, but listeners of the podcast, or those who just follow My Mad in general, will know that creativity is very important to us. But what does creativity mean to you? Oh, okay. Um, for me, it's like a way to connect. Creativity is a way to connect, sort of, with myself and and with other people as well. Like it's a way to sort of express yourself. But I think it's important to understand that you're actually finding more about yourself and other people and the world. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. Like a kind of inner inside look. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I feel like you can't really be creative without sharing a bit of yourself. So, yeah. I like that. That's good. That's cool. Uh, so you're you're based here in the UK, right? You are you're from these these yeah. isles. So where exactly are you are you based? Well, not exactly. We don't need like longitude <laughs> and latitude, but you well, know. this is my place. Good. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently based in High Wycombe. Um, that's where I went okay. to uni, and I've ended up being stuck down here um, somehow. Um, ah. but I'm, I'm actually from Nottingham originally. Okay, cool. So, so you've kind of moved, what's that, down? Yeah, so I moved down south. So it's in Bucks. Uh, it's not too far from London. But uh, yeah, I moved down here because I did film and TV production at university. So something entirely different to what I do now. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it was basically, I just fell out of, interest really in being in that industry like I did intern internships and uh sort of tried and toyed with the idea of being a cinematographer <laughs> mm. and um yeah and I like that wasn't working out I was working in retail for a long time afterwards and um decided that my like I wanted to make comics and I've always loved drawing and that's something that I've always been doing. And it's sort of, uh, my partner is a writer and he also makes comics and has a huge passion for it. And that kind of, I guess I caught that from him, like the passion for comics. Okay. So was that your introduction to it or were you already into it? I think it was my first sort of being truly introduced to comics. I've always had a bit of a, a sort of curiosity for them but none of my family or anything had uh, I never really had access to them growing up because none of my family were into comics or anything like that and it wasn't until I was in my teens when I went into a comic shop in Nottingham and I sort of walked in quite timidly because it kind of felt a bit I don't know it was it's one of those atmospheres where you feel like oh am I welcome here I don't know Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and um, sort of looking around, and I actually found like a comic from David Mack, who like uh, he's very famous for doing like Daredevil and stuff, but he's also done a creator own comic called Spooky, and it was a random issue of that that I was sort of I picked up and looked at because it was very like kind of experimental and lots of different like media was used and 
it was really interesting and that was kind of like oh this isn't like your usual superhero comic that you see and that sparked an interest in comics and then yeah when I met my partner who grew up with comics and loving comics threw all these like comics at me sort of like hey like literally through them now read this now read this literally look at this and um and yeah and I've kind of been in love and stayed in love with them ever since so yeah and the more I've actually got involved with making comics the more I've even like discovering small press comics and indie comics has been a really sort of an eye-opener into Mm. the world of comics yeah because we typically get the Marvel DC superhero comics shoved down our collective uh, throats I mean you know we love like that kind of story but um, yeah. We don't always appreciate that there's there's a whole other world yeah. of comics that aren't people with superpowers. Yeah, and I think the mainstream and what people know in generic as like a comic book could be, but I mean, it's its own art form, really. It's just mm. it's a way of telling a story and it can be done in so many different ways. That is what I really love about them. Really. Yeah. I mean, tell us about that that journey through education because you you said you did film and tv it, it sounded like you know you, you said you lost interest in that was there an interest at one point like how did you end up in that path I, I've always loved films I mean that's I've always like loved films big time um growing up so that's sort of been my thing um and so I and I've always loved sort of the creation and the making of films um and so that's what led me down that path but I mean, obviously, it's also, I mean, I guess kind of like comics, really. It's not really an easy industry to get a career in and make money. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I that's kind the of key left, part, isn't it? I've not left one industry for another yeah. <laughs> creative industry. That's, that's hard to sort of, I guess, break into. But um, I don't know. I just, I feel a lot, I feel more passionately. I feel like, there's a, more of a community in um, comics, especially like small press and indie comics. And I think that's what I love being a part of. Uh, yeah, which I never felt that with being in film and TV. So I very much uh, fell out of love with it. I worked at a cinema for many years. Maybe that has something to do with yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, depending on which cinema and which location, that could easily put you off. Uh yeah so yeah I so I think yeah it's just been a a mixture of things and that have led me down I think so I play D and D as well and that may I think has kind of inspired me to create more stories like I like fantasy and horror which sort of the main sort of genres that I fall into really when I like write and create stories and I think painting D helped sort of inspire and made me want to write more and draw more um I think that was a part of it too actually that's sort of how I sort of created my first like characters so scavengers was the first comic that I ever created and started creating and I thought the way I wanted to do it was kind of like in a dungeon crawl style Right, yeah. And because I was also working full time, I would sort of be like, all right, I'm going to do like a page every sort of couple of weeks 
or me however long it's going to take me and like I'll post this one page um and then eventually like it it all came together as one little story but each page is its own little adventure so I wasn't investing in one long plot if that makes sense yeah so it was just an easy way for me to create like create a comic without putting too much like investment in it and pressure I guess yeah and without yeah without the pressure I think so um and I didn't do I didn't use any text so it's a completely like silent comic apart from like a little intro at the beginning because I wasn't confident enough to it was mostly yeah because I wasn't confident to have full like dialogue or anything and I'm I wanted to focus on my drawing I guess and being able to show a story through just artwork was kind of what I wanted to do with it and um yeah and then uh my partner is like sort of my number one encouragement in saying like oh I should actually make this into a little book and so I did yeah and that's how that's how basically I've kind of not stopped since then really in terms of making my own comics and yeah spiraled from that <laughs> nice nice and like you said you got a lot of influence inspiration from your partner who's into comics yeah what about like family and in terms of like the reaction to you wanting to work as a comic creator and an illustrator was that was there support there was there resistance like how did that work out I mean there was support as in like you know they my family are never gonna be like oh what, what are you doing that for <laughs> <laughs> But it's not like they really sort of understood what I was doing exactly, I think, at the time. But I have sort of grew up in a very sort of chilled family of just kind of you do what you want to do in life, really. Um, I don't come from a particularly creative family. It's more sort of, um, although like a lot of my sort of younger cousins are moving into creative industries such as like music and and film as well mm. but yeah I saw I guess the older generation of my family are more working class they're a working class family basically where, where I come from so but yeah they've always been supportive and I think now that I'm doing very a lot more they can see that oh this is something that I'm really passionate about where I think at the beginning it was like oh, I don't really understand this, what you're doing. But I think now they're sort of understanding more, the more that I've created, I guess. Um, yeah, sometimes nice. they need to see it. And then they need to see, I guess, like the reaction from from other people, ironically, like to what you're doing. And it's like, oh, okay, so it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like seeing that, like I go to events and things, like I go to sort of comic conventions when I can, if I can, and... And also being part of the Broken Frontiers Six to Watch and Andy like reviewing lots of my work and giving it such wonderful reviews is really like it just gives you some validation of like, oh, what I'm doing is good and some people do like this, so I should just keep on going. That's a huge like boost in itself. Yeah, I feel like I'm like a tangent a bit, but <laughs> no, it's, that's uh, that's good. I, I I agree with you on the uh, the getting a positive review from so Andy Oliver is the uh, editor in chief of Broken Frontier, and yeah. he did a good review of our latest comic uh, series through the fog, and I I read through. It. Well, I, I didn't really I didn't read the whole. I kind of glanced at it because I don't like reading reviews of 
my um, work and weird like that. But there were some bits and it was like, oh, wow, that's quite, is he talking about my work? It's like, he does a good, <laughs> good job with reviews. Uh, and yeah. It does. Yeah. He really, like, it's just a great, like, way of just uplifting. Yeah. It's just, yeah, really great. So when you were starting out, did you get any advice from, I guess, maybe not family if they were not into comics, but um, mm. what was the best piece of advice that you got when you were starting out? And did you follow it, which is always a, can be a separate question. I guess I had a lot of help from my partner who was already sort of delving into this industry already um, by creating his own comic with another artist. Um, and they were sort of, I was kind of learning from them because they were kind of taking the the journey slightly ahead of me where I was more taking my time um making my comic they were already sort of getting fully into it so I guess they helped me a lot but in terms of maybe like industry professionals at that time I can't remember sort of names but I remember listening to someone talking about conventions going to conventions because I think when I'd made my uh first book and I funded the sort of printing myself at the time and just did a very like small print and was like oh I should take try and go to sort of convention so I was trying to sort of get advice about that I remember someone going someone saying don't go to a convention if you've only got one book and I definitely didn't listen to that (laughs) I went to I think my first convention was Nottingham which was nice because it was obviously like home and I actually really enjoyed it it was really it was a really great convention I I sold a few things um, I had my book and I had some prints and some like stickers and then I also went to MCM I okay think, in the deep end yeah a month later I only managed to get in because I was I managed to share a table with um, my partner and um, that was yeah that was like a very different because it's such a huge con and it was like oh god I've only got one thing but <laughs> People were like sort of looking at it and but you do feel a bit like, oh, was this a good idea? But you know what? I dived in and I did it and it was a really good experience. So I think you do whatever you think feels right for you, I think, at the time. And you kind of learned along the way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what I've done a lot of really, is I've kind of learned as I go. And you can sort of listen to as much as by as possible in terms of making and selling comics but you kind of also have to do it the way that you can because everyone has different circumstances in terms of whether they work full-time or part-time or whether they are full-time freelancers it's different for everyone and I've kind of gone through all those stages as well so yeah so you kind of just have to work it out for yourself a little bit as well as taken on advice no i feel that had you been to like comic con just as a goer before you you the table yeah quite a few times actually i've been to mcm before a few times as just a punter and uh thought bubble was one where my partner and i would kind of make a holiday of it where we'd be going up to leeds to go to uh, like a weekend event and that was our favorite one because it's so much more like community based rather than MCM which is you you're a bit overlooked I think in terms of like being in the artist alley where yeah uh football is was different and we kind of knew that just by being there as a punter not even tabling so 
so yeah I've experienced it on the other side as well I guess yeah I feel yeah the same we did I mean our first convention was uh MCM and that was a that was an experience and we definitely didn't know what we were doing but yeah you you learn along the way or you hope you do anyway yeah I think nothing can really prepare you for something like that until you've actually done it yeah definitely and when it comes to like creating your your art and your your comics how would you describe your art style which is a great question for an audio podcast but how would I describe my art style that's difficult because I always feel like my artwork is developing like the more I do the more it develops it changes I remember getting very hung up on oh what's my what's my art style and I've kind of I mean only probably the past couple of years have realized that that's not really what's important it's just how you're telling the story and how you want to tell the story and you might do that differently for one story than another and I think I've sort of let that go of like not having a particular style I think I guess mine is sort of semi-realist but also cartoon like varies in the middle of that sort of realism cartoon style because I do do a lot of fantasy like horror um comics um and I like to be a little bit abstract as well and I do I also do a mixture of digital and traditional art so I will I've done work on procreate and I do work traditionally um with just pencil and ink I do think I prefer traditional because I do like to be I like to get sort of messy and I think it actually allows me to be a bit more creative and a bit more experimental where on digital it's very um just a lot more cleaner which is maybe nice and shoes but I, I like sort of the messy inking which I've sort of tried to delve into a bit more recently oh wow that's cool it's like the tactile feel of pen to paper yeah it's I definitely prefer that uh, I think it just helps me just be a bit more like looser with it as well and like the way where you work now not physically where you work but where you are now as a creator are you uh are you a full-time creator do you what's the balance between comic work or other work or how does that yeah I am a full-time creator um I have to sort of work with doing like commissions and as well as trying to get comic work like actually paid comic work because at the moment I I fund myself I do kickstarters to like fund my like comic work so yeah being a freelancer means I'm trying to I'll, I kind of try and get as much paid work in other areas that I can by doing things like commissions uh pinups if I can or short comics in sort of magazines or uh anthologies yeah okay. <laughs> that's kind of I'm sort of I sort of grapple to get what I can really at the minute yeah I can imagine there's like that mix of things because like I say it's the creativity but and also the, the making money for me and yeah and obviously like because I'm I'm making my own comics at the moment and uh sort of crowdfunding them on Kickstarter and and then obviously trying to sell them online or sell them at events and I think I guess ideally I'd love to be getting paid to write it, to draw maybe someone else's comic or something like that would be, I guess, a goal, mm. uh, a future goal. <laughs> yes, no, it's good to have the, those future goals. Mm. I guess like looking back then to like 
those early days of particularly with commission i'm interested to know if there was like any particular early job that you learned something from or something that an experience that stuck with you in terms of commissions i guess it's kind of learning how to sort of value your work and time oh that's an important lesson yeah and i've probably i mean i probably still do like undervalue like commission work and then especially if um because obviously i've done a lot of commissions for sort of friends and family and it's hard to be like oh well your friends and family I guess should I give you discount (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like mates rates (laughs) yeah but so that's always been a bit difficult and I still find that difficult I mean I me too I wish I had the answer to that kind of thing in valuing your work and work because it's uh it's time plus labor plus the cost of like production cost and when you really add all that up together it's like I should be getting paid loads for this yeah (laughs) (laughs) I've been there and then the other thing to add to that is the because you've got the cost like you say the time the the production and everything but then you also have to remember the value to the other person yeah yeah don't forget yeah. that like the, what how they value like i'll tell you as we record it today i've i've just come back from a workshop i was having yeah. a chat with one of the other facilitators because he does uh, corporate stuff and i was like how do i do all that because they've got more budgets and he was saying that he told me a story about how he undercharged himself and he was going for a corporate speaking gig and sp- spoke for an hour and mm. he was advised to up his rates and he told me he said uh, he upped it to a thousand pounds for an hour <laughs> and yeah. they didn't even bat an eyelid oh wow and you just think about it i mean that's a lot of money for for an yeah. hour because even when he said it, i was like what for an hour i've been talking in schools for nothing but but then you remember like because he said to me they are expecting to pay a certain in a certain bracket so that's the yeah. value to them so you always have to remember that like your yeah. value is not necessarily yeah. the other person's value yeah it's almost like it's just like valuing a piece of artwork you think like something could be worth thousands of pounds Mm. and if you just say but you could also say oh it's 50 quid yeah (laughs) there's always someone that's going to be willing to pay that much because it puts because it because you're instantly adding value to it so it's like oh if it's if it costs that much it must be worth that much yeah that's really interesting i don't really think needless to say i I told him like uh we need to meet you need to tell me how you do this (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. well we need to people need to get into that sort of mindset more don't they that is something yeah is it's it's hard though because as a sort of creative and when you're by yourself and no one's telling you like you know this is the thing you're kind of at the whim almost of the the other side and to a certain extent if people can get it for cheaper they'll uh, try. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's again, it's that kind of um, it's that like confidence thing as well, which I struggle with like all the time. Of like, because you see people, you know, valuing the work, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you should be paid that much and stuff, and that's how much people should be spending on like your books and etc. But then it's just like, oh. I'm so small and I'm just sort of starting out. I shouldn't be charging this much. It's that real 
like mental battle and mm. of like uh being small being a big artist and i mean there's some artists that aren't really even that big that are sort of that charge probably what is the right amount well yeah um, for their work and that's great it's just oh, it's hard it's really difficult. <laughs> it is so yeah, it's an ongoing thing and it it sounds like because uh, we recently had a conversation with uh, Hannah Berry, who's a British comic creator. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and because she did a report on the UK comics industry, and one of the things, so that episode is episode 125, for anyone who hasn't come across it and is interested to know more, we'll talk about the report. Uh, there was a few, many things that, that stuck out uh, to me, but one of the things was that her report showed only 18% of people, of comic creators, make money outside of comics and it it stood out to me because like i'm my background uh, i'm a former software engineer um people listening might have heard me say that many times before but former software engineer so i always feel in a sense like an an outsider in comics and i like as maya meda we do stuff outside of comics Uh, i do stuff i'm trying to do more outside of comics and when i meet comic creators uh, I will see people, especially like yourself, who can can write and draw. And I, I've met people who value those skills, like are outside of comics. Mm. And 18% just seems so low. There's yeah. so much untapped talent that can go outside of comics and use those skills. But it sounds like that's something you've considered with commissions. Have you considered doing any other things outside of comics? Not so much, to be honest. My main focus has really been on on comics. Um, that is just what I love to do and would like to keep doing and mm. yeah to be making to be that 18 percent is the dream <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe one day um but yeah I think it realistically we have to maybe look at other ways of using our skills in other areas and because you never know those can also lead to other work so yeah yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, but I'm going to fully listen to that podcast with Hannah Berry because that sounds great. <laughs> oh, there you go. I will send you a link. <laughs> um, yes, please. <laughs> cool. And as a, as a comic creator, um, what, is your, what is your day-to-day like? Is there, is there a typical day for a comic creator uh, in, in your uh, opinion? You know what? That's a really good question because I've only really just started getting myself into a really good sort of routine where I'm like up this is my job now um, <laughs> I will sit down at my desk and do some admin and then do some drawing and then maybe a little bit of writing or sort of prioritizing my workload as well because I have I want to work on different projects and to make those happen I've got to be organized so um I think I finally just got there in doing that sort of habit of I'm up every day and I'm I'm actually working and because I'm doing this full time now yeah I'm I'm doing like Monday to Friday trying to do like a normal working hour because I think last year I'd be working till like ridiculous times in the morning because I I'm know about trying that. to get stuff done or I've maybe last, left things to last minute and it's <laughs> like I don't want to do that this year that's not going to happen this year I'm going to have a normal sort of like nine to five 
uh, day. And I'm really, it's probably not going to always happen, but that's my intention um, mm. for this year to really get the things that I want done. I'm always making lists every year of like, these are the things that I want to do and make. And only, you know, maybe sort of 25% of that actually happens. So, <laughs> yeah, I intend to do more of that this year by just having sort of more more structure in my day and that just involves it's involving a mixture of doing artwork and doing um and writing and just making sure I'm prioritizing whatever project needs to get done there yeah okay and you said you mentioned admin is that I guess you you found as a freelancer that that admin takes up a a lot of time yeah Yeah, that's important that's a very important thing to know especially if you're going into freelancing is it, you've got to sort of know the whole business side of it as well so I mean admin is, can be emails but it's also keeping your finances up to date and mm. tracking everything like that invoices expenses yeah tax returns you've got to yeah tax oh, returns. Yeah. <laughs> even if you're not making any money they will find you i've uh, given hmrc a ridiculous amount of money yeah yeah in fines sorry not not in taxes in fines <laughs> uh, yeah. i pay more in fines than i have in taxes um so yeah so um i when i luckily even when i was working full-time i actually um set myself for self-employment as soon as i was selling my comic at events and stuff okay that's because you're smart (laughs) i set up an etsy shop as well and i was like i guess i should be setting up self-employment and um making sure i'm keeping track of all this i still need to get a bit more organized it's not perfect i'll be honest with you still need to get better at organization (laughs) (laughs) no one's perfect but Yeah. yeah it's but yeah it's important to know that you will need to consider those those that aspect of it it's not all creating unfortunately no definitely an important lesson to learn but i mean when it does come to creating you've got mm. a bunch of different projects and uh, i saw on your website you've got a experimental fantasy webcomic bloom yeah what does experimental refer to so experimental for me it's it's me being able to sort of play around with uh, either different tools, different media, different ways of telling this story, basically. So the first couple of pages, I mean, at the moment, I've been inking everything. But the first couple of pages, I sort of shaded in using Procreate. And then I've sort of moved to just fully like inking it using different bits of like mixed media. And just trying to be more creative in terms of, so in, in comics, you have to think about the panels that's a huge part of storytelling in comics and making sure it flows correctly so it's just a way of me being able to experiment more with that do things that maybe be a bit different and non-traditional and I guess I've kind of done that in previous comics but this just allows me to kind of not overthink about not overthink it too much and just sort of play and yeah it's on uh Kofi or coffee at the moment which you can subscribe to and you get, I sort of try and talk about my process a lot through it as well. So you sort of get a bit of the making of, and it's a bit, it's a bit wild. 
<laughs> like it's a bit sort of all over the place kind of thing but I think it's just sort of honest me creating this comic not sure exactly where it's gonna go yeah so I'm just sort of gonna try and have fun with that yeah I had some difficulties sort of getting back into it because I sort of took a bit of a break before Christmas and then just sort of getting back into it and because I'm doing that on Kofi I had that sort of mentality of like oh well if I want people to subscribe to this it should be perfect but actually I am kind of doing this more for myself and if people want to subscribe and support me that's fantastic but at the end of the day I'm kind of just doing it for myself so it's I'm just indulging myself with playing around with things and Mm. And I guess the idea of those platforms are to support the creator, not necessarily like, you know, I'm giving you money for a finished, polished, uh, perfect yeah. version. It's like, you know, to let you do more of what you do, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is exactly what it's for, really. I mean, if you go on there, you'll find creators that are putting up content like every single day, like crazy amounts and, you know, and and I'm sure it's helping them, but I just, I don't have the time or stamina for that because I am working on other things as well and trying to make money elsewhere. So, but yeah, I I guess I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of different things to sort of see what works for me in a way. Mm. But yeah, so that's what Bloom is about. It's a fantasy, a little bit of horror, um, adventure. It's all, again, that's also all silent. I'm not, I've not done any dialogue in it yet. So it's all panels. So I'm just sort of trying to have fun with that. <laughs> and then you had some of your work featured on Broken Frontiers Six to Watch in 2022, which we mentioned. How yeah. how did that feel to be listed in that? And, and especially because you, I guess, relatively recently started making comics. Do you feel like you've you've made it? Is that how did that feel for you? It did feel really, I mean, it was great. It was lovely to have that sort of like, oh, wow, this is really exciting. And having that sort of validation that, oh, um, this means, you know, my work is sort of not necessarily making an impact, but um, it's people are remembering it, I guess. Yeah, it feels great. It's really nice to have some validation that really keeps you going to know that, oh, yeah, what you're doing is worthwhile. Because it's hard. It's hard if, you know, there's moments where, oh, you know, I'm not getting much attention. Like, I might go to a convention and just be sat there with people just walking by kind of yep. thing. Um, yeah. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so having something like that, having someone, like, give you positive reviews, I mean, that's it's fantastic. So... Yeah, and I think especially with from like Broken Frontier, because I think what they do is so brilliant and always uplifting um, smaller creators and from all over the world, especially, I think is great. So it's really nice to be part of that and to have been able to be part of that community, I suppose, as well. And it's been, yeah, it's been really, it's been really good to have, to have that. Um, I think it was I did a short eight page horror called The Deeper You Go Into the Kingswood and uh Andy reviewed that and it's a it's just a short on like web comic that I have like digital comic and I did 
an article where I explained the sort of process for it over on Broken Frontier. And it made me like, oh, I really want to actually explore this story a bit more about being anxious and alone in the woods. Like, like, what does that mean? And I want to explore that a bit more. So I think I'm going to, that's one of my sort of future projects. But also last year I did All Ghosts. From Kickstarter or on Kickstarter. Yeah, so I funded that on Kickstarter in August. No, September, because I, I created it in August. So it was a drawing challenge that I did in August called All Ghosts. That, um, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't create it. It was someone, they, they're called The Real All Ghost on Instagram, and they've, they've created a prompt list, so kind of like uh, Inktober. And they did like a prompt list and I sort of used those prompts and I created all these like ghost drawings, which I actually did all digitally and on Procreate because for for me to do like a single drawing in a day, I'm quicker drawing on Procreate than I am messing around with inks. Mm. But, um, so that was like my process and I created sort of little sort of vignettes, little stories for each one. and it sort of was just like, oh, I should make a little book of this. It would be adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Just like this little sort of book with each ghost having like on the other page would have like this sort of little um, story to it. And yeah, it, it did really well. I think I have done a Kickstarter previous back in 2020 um, I did okay. Secret Rites, which is a was like a twist on a Greek tragedy that like involves involves like this mysterious like court ritual, <laughs> um, and that was also successful. I think just lots of planning involved needed to go into it really. Making yeah, sure they're not, tough. Yeah, making sure I'm not setting a goal that's too high, so like a realistic goal, but also making sure it will cover not only the printing cost of the book but also shipping yeah shipping that's like the main thing because I think you can get really stuck if you don't account for that and working out you're kind of having to estimate it which Mm. is difficult you have to sort of estimate how much international shipping will be and also like UK shipping so it's um yeah I got hit with that when um because our last the last kickstart we did was in 2020 oh no 2020 yeah 2020 and then but i didn't actually get the thing finished and ready to ship until 2021 uh so it was a tad bit late anyway that's by the by and then in that time i think we had had brexit um, um yeah or like obviously we had the the vote and everything but the actual like this is the the day everything changes mm. so international shipping like the costs like when i took the books and uh, we had a few uh, quite a few like US orders in Canada and yeah. Australia and the, the guy at the post office like told me the price I'm just like I just looked at it like what like yeah. <laughs> must be joking like that's, yeah, that's almost has, not worth it yeah definitely something you have to account for you, yeah you kind of have to estimate how many sort of backers do you need to get this goal and mm. then you have to sort of estimate what their shipping would be so it's not easy <laughs> mm. Like it was some good mathematics. Which yeah. I'm not at. No, me neither. Apparently, <laughs> not my expertise. 
I just want to make comments. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> so how many campaigns have you done? Uh, so I've just done those two. Yes, I've just done those two. I have like funded other books just basically from when I've worked full time. So it's got, gone off like to my own income. But when 2020 came, I was like, I I can't afford to fund my own book. So I have to use Kickstarter really. Kickstarter, yeah. I mean, it's a good platform for for that if you get the hang of it and you you do it regularly and treat it as a obviously the money is is key because nothing happens without some money. But then it's the the community, the community of supporters, people who want to yeah. see your work and will hopefully come back for future projects. Yeah, it's. I think twenty twenty. I think there was a really good boom for Kickstarters, and I I feel like my, like Secret Rights was a part of that. It did really well. It went like above its funding goal and it was great and also did really well and I was very um but I was a lot more anxious for Ghost I mean I think I I mean I was anxious for both of them what am I saying (laughs) (laughs) it was very terrifying doing both did you have that um, moment where you felt you wouldn't reach the goal yeah you know you have that thing of like is this the right time to do it because you know I mean we all know what happened in 2020 Mm. and (laughs) And it's not really gotten much better. You know, we're sort of in a recession now. So you're like, is this the right time to be asking people for money? And <laughs> you're just sort of questioning yourself. And it's just like, you know, everyone's asking for money. We all want money. Um, we do all want money. We, we want. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of have to ask yourself, really, why are you doing this? So just, yeah, it was just, I needed to make sure I was setting a realistic goal not doing a huge print run you know it's like I'm not gonna print thousands of this book and it was a success it did I mean I think it funded in like the first 24 hours which is brilliant that's really good I think and you know we reached a couple of stretch goals not all of them but you know that is that's a success it it was a success Um, yeah definitely so and you always you sort of wonder why you were so stressed and anxious but it's just it just comes with with doing those kind of things and just you just have to make sure you're as prepared as you can be I think what I've learned I think especially from this one is in advance try and sort of do that sort of cross promotion thing I'm I'm terrible at promoting myself and I'm sure a lot of people are again it's like it's kind of another sector of business that you have to do which is marketing like you have to be able to market your own work but that's like another job in itself yeah it is yeah so I think with this it was sort of trying to maybe do cross promotion with other kickstarters and doing that kind of thing really helps um just sort of finding other creators that are very similar to yourself that you can sort of do cross promotions um to like whether it's through twitter through like newsletters yeah i think that helps a lot um mm. because yeah i mean the only way really that i mean i know how to sort of market myself is through social media it's through like the internet i think kickstarter in itself is actually a good way of getting more readers as well because after i did all ghosts I sort of did a thing of like, oh, would you like to sign up to my newsletter? And I had loads more people sign up to my newsletter. So it was like, oh, I've got this sort of more people wanting to look at my work and and see what I'm doing, I guess. 
and they kind of you know they're selected so they you know they're interested and not just like random people yes, they're here they're for you your work because they yeah. back your project on kickstarter so yeah, yeah it's a great way of getting a larger readership um in the first place as well as hopefully funding your your work yeah so it has been good and i think kickstarter is such a big platform now you know everyone knows it and it's going back to actual like international sort of customers i guess I think it brings a lot more international than it does domestic as well. I find I had, I think majority were probably from America, like my backers. I had a lot less European backers this year, uh, well, last year, technically, than I did back in 2020. I, that was a huge difference that I noticed. Um, and I think that's clearly to do with Brexit. So, yeah, there's things like that that have had a major effect on on sort of running Kickstarters that I think is important to bear in mind. Definitely. And, yeah, it sounds like you've learned a lot of non-technical skills on that journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it has been good. I've After doing this Kickstarter for August as well, I, I did Crowdfunder. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're basically another platform for funding. Yeah, not used it, but heard of it yeah so they're a much smaller platform but because uh so i got into thought bubble last year and because they did this sort of crossover with crowdfunder i thought oh why not like i I was sort of sent them a message to be like i've just done a kickstarter but can i also put this on crowdfunder and they're like yeah yeah definitely and i thought oh it might be a good way to get more readers it didn't quite get go there like I did get a few but they were actually interestingly they were mostly like other creators like fellow creators that I guess already Mm. knew about crowdfunder yeah so it was interesting to try it but again it was like compared to kickstarter because kickstarter is already such a well-established platform that people all over the world know about and use it's hard to gauge but it's like you want to try different things and different platforms so I wanted to give it a go. Yeah, it's all part of learning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they, they're also because they are a small company, they've been a lot more involved, and so they were really friendly, really nice, and helpful, and giving you lots of tips. <laughs> they do lots of um, like sort of webinars and stuff that I've like watched a couple, and I think they're really helpful at just giving you free advice as well. And I guess because Kickstarter is so big, I don't think they do that as much. Not that I know of anyway. So Yeah, that's a good point. So I think if you're if you are trying something new, like crowdfunder might be something to look into because they're very good at like helping you out. And like thinking about a Kickstarter, maybe maybe it is the Kickstarter, what would you say has been your your best achievement as a comic creator so far? Um I think my best achievement has been creating August. It's slightly different from like it's not like your standard like comic book. It doesn't have that same comic book format. Um, it's more like a sort of art book with little little story, um, little stories that coincide with them. But it's such a lovely little book that I I was so pleased to have it in my hands when it was printed. It's just like the best looking book that I have created, I think. And it's sort of made me think I, I want to try and do more longer form things. So uh, the deeper you go into the words, 
uh, into the Kingswood, I I would love to expand on that and maybe mm. go into sort of a graphic novel with that. I think doing something longer form would be so perfect. But um, and that's sort of going off having this little book that looks so good on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very proud of that, and I think doing that came from having some sort of having those boosts from Broken Frontier and um, just sort of giving me the confidence to do it, really. I'm always so full of self-doubt of like, oh, should I be doing this? Is this what I should be spending my time on? Is this a waste of time? You know, that sort of goes through the mind quite too often. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I Um, definitely understand that. (laughs) And as a creator in the medium of comics, where do you get your inspiration from? Is it is it other comics? Is it other mediums? Yeah, definitely other comics. I think if you're gonna make comics, you gotta be reading them. Makes sense. Yeah. Um one of my favorite like comics is The Hitlisms by Chance of Providence. Um it's her creator owned. She's done again, she's really well known illustrator, done work for Marvel DC and um, I think she's even like she's well she has written her own um, uh, written stories as well and this was her completely creator own where she wrote and drew and I love her artwork so much I think she's a fantastic artist so that was a huge influence when she was because now that's like one graphic novel now but before she was just making little small print comics of each story that's in this book and I think that was a huge influence in me creating my own comics I remember seeing her at Fort Bubble and just being like yes I want to do that (laughs) (laughs) and yeah who else I mean there's there's so many influences I've I recently read Vicious Creatures by Sarah Gordon and that was fantastic because it's very like folklore horror that's definitely my kind of <laughs> um, interest. And I thought that was fantastic. And all her work was like inky and but also very colourful. That was very good. That was something that I've, I, p- I picked up at Thought Bubble, but I've only just got around to like fully reading it and it's fantastic. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of influences I could sort of go on for a while. I think one of my favourite artists, maybe Don Cook, Mike Magnola, they're very sort yeah. of influential artists me they're amazing it's that sort of ink that sort of they both have very different styles but they're also very like heavy ink worth and bold and yeah I love that I think um yeah <laughs> that's cool that's always good to know like yeah where people draw their inspiration either like individuals or different yeah. stories stuff like that so uh we're almost at a point where we're going to ask you for some advice but one of the questions that we uh, also like to ask people is because we're, you know, in a certain sense, we're all protagonists of our of our own stories. And I feel every good protagonist has some kind of goal, some kind of vision for success. So what does success look like to you? And are you there yet? Um, what does success look like to me? I mean, I guess it's making a real living from making comics, which mm. I am not at the moment (laughs) so I guess that is real success I think you said like being like the the hero of your own story I feel like slightly like an anti-hero where I'm allowing myself to make mistakes as I go 
Yeah, and you I have think to. That's important because that's where you're really going to learn. Mm. So I'm trying not to overthink things and not, and I think nothing has to be completely perfect. I think if you're just doing something and you and you you finish it, that's great. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's good. I, I certainly like because yeah, I've been doing this for for a while making comics and it's like you feel mm. you want to get to a certain like level or maybe certain uh income or certain yeah. status whatever it is and it's yeah. just to get that I made it feeling right yeah I think if I was just making a comfortable living mm. from making comics then I feel like I've definitely made it <laughs> yeah um, yeah that just seems like it's a lot to ask, but it shouldn't be. But yeah, I think that's where the success would be. I think what I'd really love to do is collaborate more. Like I do collaborate with my partner because he's a writer. I've done anthologies and worked with other writers in those aspects. I'd love to just work more with other people, like draw for other writers as well. I think I've not done enough of that. I mean, I've only been doing this for a few years, but I feel like yeah. that's something that I would like to do more. As much as I love creating my own stuff, and maybe I'll find myself that that's what I prefer to do. But I think I I would like to experience working with other writers and editors as well. I I think editors are so important in terms of mm. making comics, looking at your work. Um, so that's also something I feel like I should be doing. But it's also another expense because they need to be paid as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. so yeah, working with other writers and editors, I think would make me feel like i'm making it a little bit more. i get that and mm-hmm. corporates too we're all gonna we're all gonna work for some corporates because <laughs> yeah <is>. corporate. <laughs> being published by an actual publisher would be nice rather than just publishing myself <laughs> there you go all right nice we're building up a nice list of success goals here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <Just> a cool. <laughs> all right so let's get into some guest advice In each interview, we like to ask our guests to give advice for aspiring creative professionals. So we've been talking about creating comics today. Uh, So Sammy, what advice do you have for others listening who may want to get started creating their own stories and putting them out into the world? Oh, I guess similar to what I just said actually about, I mean, just, I don't want to say just do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's taken to be fair. Yeah, I think you just need to allow yourself to uh, give yourself time to just be making things without thinking oh this needs to be perfect and I need to put this out into the world otherwise you're not going to end up creating anything Mm. if you're like try not to just look for perfection try to if you have a story that you want to tell try and tell that story and and put that out I think that's what I did with scavengers and it's not perfect it's definitely not my best like art because I was truly like I'd been drawing for a while but I truly was starting out in making comics and I think if that's what you want to do and put yourself out there then yeah you just have to sort of find your own way of doing that spending making time for yourself to just spend time making it it might involve a bit of research a bit of studying and practicing 
before you get that first page out but that's okay like it's knowing that you're not just going to randomly draw out a page straight away and it's going to be excellent there's a lot of drafting and and studying using references if you are the artist um if you're a writer you're not going to get a perfect script in a first draft finding someone to give you feedback connecting like being part of the community um there's a lot of people out there that will give you um a bit of feedback I'm sure it's just yeah finding finding the right people that that will be interested in in your particular work mm. and that comes from putting yourself out putting yourself in your work out like you say like yourself out there yeah so I think just take it like a little bit at a time like don't expect results suddenly to uh, to appear like with the first thing that you do put out there the first yeah. thing that goes out there it will be a gradual thing um it definitely takes its time so I think you have to be patient <laughs> you have to be patient with it very patient yeah very patient I think that's really good advice and particularly for like younger people where we do a lot of workshops and uh, yeah. I find there can be a lot of like oh but what about this or what if this happens or what if it's not perfect it's like at some point you just gotta just gotta do it yeah <laughs> yeah we'll find some version of a version of that and I think <laughs> if you get like negative feedback if it's constructive then that's great if it's not just ignore it like mm. at the end of the day no one really no one really sort of cares what whatever you're overthinking it's really not that bad in yeah. the real world so yeah so like yeah just put yourself out there if if someone's giving negative feedback then that you don't want anything to do with them anyway there so, you go yeah I like it. That's a lot of a uh, lot of good tips there for people wanting to create their own stories. So let us know what you think about the interview. As always, you can get in touch. Feedback at mayamada.com. So you said that you do digital art and pen and paper. Yeah. Which did you start with? Uh, pen and paper, definitely. I can't afford it drawing tablet or anything straight away (laughs) I started yeah so pen and paper just drawing and sketchbook and sketchbooks was my first thing when I so when I drew scavengers everything every little panel was just one on one sheet of paper that's not really how you make comics but I would just draw one panel on one like a4 sheet of paper and scan it in and then I would like edit it all together on photoshop and that was my process in making scavengers. Now I like make sure I have like a template that I work to and I'm, this is this format. And um, that's something that, again, you learn as you go along that there's all these sort of templates that you need to work to if you're thinking about printing a book. I had to make sure scavengers was like, it was A5 landscape. So I need to make sure it fitted into that for printing. Um, yeah, so I had to save up to get like my first I think it was like a little intuous Wacom tablet and then I eventually upgraded to having an iPad I saved up for that and I used Procreate as my digital sort of software that and Photoshop um, when I am working digitally and I mean I'm even my traditional comics so when I'm I'm making a pen and paper uh, comic I still have to scan that in 
and I'll clean it up on Photoshop. That's sort of my general process of making a comic. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, and so you do stylized digital commissions. What's the weirdest commission that you can share? Uh, I haven't really had like a weird, like a super weird one. It's mostly just been people's adorable pets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had an old friend that asked me to do a cat. Uh, they put a burger, like a top of a burger, on top of a cat on their cat, and I drew that, and that was adorable. <laughs> Maybe the weirdest. I've not had very kooky, unusual ones. I'd like them, though. There we go. The challenge has been thrown yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love doing, like, bust statues. Like, sculptures are a huge influence for me as well, and I love drawing that kind of, like, style for commissions. And I think it's quite, like, a nice way to, like, honour, like, a loved one or a, a loved pet. So uh, that's something that I like to do. Yeah. Oh. And uh, you, so you play D&D. When did you start playing? And do you have any, like, standout stories from a campaign? Oh, um, we, I, well, I think we started playing when I was at university. Like, we, I think we tried a couple of times, but we didn't really get much further than, like, character creation. And yeah, that's where I get stuck at. <laughs> <laughs> and, um we'd always have too many people I think and we would just never really get anywhere um and then I think when when I started working at a cinema I met someone who was like a DM and he knew how to play (laughs) and me and my partner had always wanted to but we never really knew how to play it's a bit sort of intimidating learning I think a little bit and so it was nice to have to know someone that already knew everything and could sort of teach us and learning as you go was uh, is the best way for me to learn anything so um yeah and then my partner decided he wanted to dm and now we basically have like a regular sort of we try and do it weekly if we can it's not always the way but um yeah my partner like dms a group um what's the most interesting thing I've actually played quite a lot, though. It's hard to know what the most interesting thing. I know I had this little gnome character that got so scared that he wet himself. I made that a thing. (laughs) (laughs) He was that terrified. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, lots of weird things happen. There's too many to describe. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so there's, a, there's no one that I could think of. So yeah. So we think we know where all the weirdness goes to. Then, since you don't get weird commissions, it just all ends up being uh It all ends up being Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's it for me. <laughs> Thanks for the DD question. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Well, that is the end of the interview and the end of the episode. So, Sammy, thank you for taking the time to uh, join us and tell us a bit more about your journey. It's been great chatting with you. So thank you for having me.
we appreciate it and we appreciate people listening so if you enjoy this episode of story x story make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode and you can go back and listen to all the past episodes like sammy is about to when i send her this link from uh, episode 125 you can also give us a five star rating and review which helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions uh, we are story creators ourselves and you can discover our manga universe online or at an event and convention at some point in the year uh, so all our titles are available at the online store including the latest release which is serious through the fog and don't forget you can join the studio 77 discord today for free and get ready for the new studio 77 membership which is coming in spring there's going to be a bunch of stuff in that you'll get access to video content uh digital comic content as well early tickets to maya matter events and we have a bunch of events in store a lot of them are going to be part of our do i look like a gamer video game representation campaign which is now a yearly initiative for diversity and inclusion in the video games industry and culture so we've got a bunch of plans um, a lot of what we did last year only better planned uh, this time and some new stuff so you can take part uh, you can also be in this year's campaign 40 so you can be in a photo shoot depending on when you're listening to this if you're listening to this like uh, halfway through the year it's too late but if you're listening to this new there's still a chance so you can head to the campaign website for details on how to get involved register your interest we're going to be taking photos in london uh, hopefully manchester as well so we're trying to get some coverage uh, across the country and stay tuned for more episodes from the podcast including creator interviews like this one video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture uh, you can always give us a shout directly our email address with links to subscribe is feedback at myamada.com and the website is myamada.com forward slash story x story so thank you for tuning in and until next time stay safe uh, and remember if you're thinking about making comics just do it or some version of that that doesn't get us uh, sued i'm sure you can think of something but uh, yeah go for it uh, take care everyone mm-hmm.